Hello and welcome back to Last Guys Off the Bench. This is the podcast where you get expert NBA analysis from expert lifetime bench warmers. Um, only the best from the best. My name is Josh Kane, and I am joined by uh, some guy off the street named Juan. Um, Juan Aranda. He just bought 100 shares of Big Baller brand prior to them going public. This is a big day for you, Juan. How you feeling? Huge day. I'm so happy they're about to go public. I feel like I'm going to at least triple this great non-risk investment. Juan and I are also joined by another dude off the street named Darcy Fraley. Um, Darcy happened to just sell his 100 shares of Big Baller brand <laughs> to some unknown nitwit off the street. So this is a great day for you as well. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm really glad that I got rid of that stock. And, uh, you know, whoever whoever bought them, I feel sorry for it. What a coincidence. I just happened to buy 100 yeah, shares. Great, great buy, man. I mean, right? it's really, yeah, it's really I'm so a, excited. Up. You know, if you look at the stock exchange, I think it's, it's a good buy. Yeah, Older buy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are recording this podcast on Friday, September 18th. We're going to be recapping a lot of the second round in the NBA playoffs and then giving our predictions for the conference finals as well. It's been a while since we've recorded a pod, so we're going to do our best to actually stay on track and keep this short and sweet. Uh, at least Lies. that's probably a lie, but um, I don't we'll know. We'll, do. this out. we'll see what we can do. Yeah, yeah. you got to um, leave that in. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime, anytime we say cut this, that yeah, means it's staying it. in. You can highlight it. Yeah. All right. Let's start. Let's, let's start with. Oh, go for it, Josh. Go for it. Start us off. Start us off. Guys, let's start off with the uh, Clippers and the Nuggets. Let's start off hot. Let's come in hot. Um, the Nuggets won Game Seven. Uh, what two days ago now? After after coming back from down being down three one again, second series in a row that the Nuggets have come back from second being down three one. It's crazy. It's right. only happened like a handful of times in league history, and they've never no. have not done it twice. They're the first team to have ever come back down 3-1 twice in the same year. Mm-hmm. And my favorite stat of all is that Jokic and Murray have never played in a series that hasn't gone to seven. All of their playoff series have that's, gone to seven. That's so wild. Yeah, Wama's like, oh, it's definitely going seven, and this is like when they were down 3-1. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, there's no way. And every game I bet on the Clippers to win <laughs> like, and to cover. And I called course, it. You know, here we are today. When they were down three one, I was like, "Watch them go to seven. <laughs> yeah, and he was saying it as a well, joke for sure. No, I meant it. Ma- they've made it a norm to just kind of start off slow and then just choose to turn it on once they're ready. Um, what's their tactic there? Are they are they intentionally trying to get in the heads of these guys? Be like crazy. game plan. Okay, so we got to get behind quick. Let Let me ask you this, right? I well, how much do you think it is Malone adjusting? Right? Is it possible that like the first three or four games, whatever their game planning isn't working, and they're just really good at like playing chess and adjusting to win? Or are they just a team that like needs to have that feeling of the back against the wall? I think that's legit. I think that like might some people might not think that's real, but they're I, I don't know which one it is. I don't I'm curious what you guys think. I'm sure the chip on their shoulder definitely has something to do with it. I mean they're still they're a really young team. Jokic is twenty four, Jamal Murray is still twenty two. Um, he's one. He's one of those guys who was like 19 years old when he came into the league. He's going to be 19 forever now. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure <laughs> I'm, sure the, I'm sure there's a big part of their game where it's mental, and they need to they need to have their backs against the wall in order to actually start putting the pedal down. Jokic straight up looks 34, though. That's yeah. what's wild. <laughs> 
I think, uh, so we're, we're, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about Jokic today, but I've noticed him, um, Jokic. No. Uh, <laughs> Joker. <screw> you. <laughs> Steve Miller, man? <laughs> Jokic oh, man. is such a smart player, and by game seven, anything that the that the Clippers threw at him, he was just ready for it. Like he knew if it was coming, and he'd already seen it throughout the series. And anytime they doubled him, anytime they showed him a new like defensive action, anytime they tried to pin him down in a different way, he was just ready to 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 adjust on the fly and get the ball out of his own hands or make space for himself. And I think I think I think part of them. It's not even just Mike Malone adjusting, is all I'm saying. I think the players on the court and like Jokic is so smart specifically, where the more he plays these teams, by the end of the series, nothing's gonna on be new own. to him. He's gonna be able to just to adjust on the fly and get past anything. They also didn't have anyone, in my opinion, that could really guard him. Right. And this is one of the things that people had mentioned about the Clippers going up against the Lakers. Um, not something that was talked about when if they're going up against the Nuggets, but how are they gonna match up against Davis? Um I think we got a little bit of a preview there of how that would have went um, with the Nuggets and how Jokic was able to kind of like use a little yo-yo with them and set them on a string the whole game, the whole series, honestly. Theoretically, though, so Jokic is still, I mean, on offense, he's, he's incredible, but on defense, he's still kind of a vice for the Nuggets. So Terrible. I was... I was surprised. I think we're going to see a lot of differences with this um, in the next series that they have against the Lakers. The Lakers are going to attack Jokic to death. The Lakers are going to go at him with oh, yeah. AD. They're going to go at him with McGee. They're going to go at him with Dwight Howard. Yeah. But the Nuggets never really went at him. Clippers. They kind of, they kind of, the, or yeah, the Clippers never went mm-hmm. at Jokic. They let him float around and let him, let him play off to the side without getting him, getting him shot into a pick and roll or something and getting him kind of on the fence. Yeah, no, I, it, it's really interesting uh, that they didn't actually go after him. Even the Jazz were, were going after him with Gobert, and Gobert's by no means a strong offensive player. He, he's fine. Um, he's certainly good around the rim, but not somebody that you can really run an offense through, and they were still picking on him, and he was getting torched on D. And you're right, I, I don't remember seeing, especially the last four games, them picking on him at all. I agree. Well, I, I also think it matters that, like, who are they like Zubach? Like, no, I think who are they gonna pick Harold. on him with Harold? Yeah. And it's like at that point, like he's he's giving up how like six inches in height or something like that, four inches in height. Yeah, I just gotta be at least four. I, I just don't think that they had a player to pick on him with more than anything. Mm-hmm. Plus, they were never designed to do that. Like they they never constructed themselves around worrying about a big man. They were just they were like, let's get a bunch of six eight guys and cover, you know, the perimeter. Yeah, they're outside but, in. Yeah, exactly. And they went up against the team, the only team probably right now that's working inside out, right? Mm. Outside of the Bucks, but even Giannis has to start from the perimeter. So I just I just don't think they ever they never considered a team like the Nuggets as a threat. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's crazy. I mean, he he's such a gifted and willing passer. It's probably it's his strongest amazing. suit. Right? Like he can get you a bucket, but like when when they're operating with him at the top uh, on the elbow on either elbow, usually the left, but it's like, man, he's like, poetry. it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, you see clips. I mean, none of us saw Bill Walton play, but you see clips of him and like how he passed. It's similar to that. Or like, I, I always think of Sabonis in 2K. He's like, such a nasty, <laughs> nasty he's like 99 overall. <laughs> 99 passing. It's crazy. Did you hear, uh, in, did, you, did you guys watch game seven live? Oh yeah. So did I you hear... got to watch the second half. 
Did you hear Van Gundy throughout the game? He started off saying that Jokic was like the second best passer all time behind yeah. Bill Walton. And then he like kept saying, actually, he's the best. Actually, Bill Walton, he kept wavering all game yeah. long. By the end, he was like clearly the best big man <laughs> to pass. Like, <laughs> I did hear him say like at the end of the game, he was like, Jokic is absolutely the best passing center ever. And then <laughs> what's his name? Uh, the other coach, what's his name? Mark Jackson. He was yeah. like, with all due respect. And, <laughs> and then he was like, Bill Walton. throw in like Draymond Green. Yeah, like he uh, just throws in anyone. <laughs> but uh, he's up there, right? I, I don't know where he would fall. I, I don't know if I'd put him all the way at the top, but he's, if he I, keeps doing this, he will be. Yeah. <laughs> well, so this is his second time in the playoffs, last year and this year. Um, Total, he's been averaging 25 board or 25 points, 11 boards, and seven assists yeah, in his playoff career. That's that's an entire numbers for real. And I mean, he was putting up these stats last year, and the Nuggets didn't have a whole lot of success. This year, he's putting up the same stats, but now they're just finally actually carrying through. Yeah. Um, you got to put a lot of that on Murray, man. He's been playing oh, yeah. out of his mind much more so, consistently. I agree, and. I think we've definitely seen what you guys talked about when I was like outside of like uh, the obvious top five players in the league. He's the guy that I would want the most. You're like, yeah, but he's super inconsistent. Mm -hmm. And we saw that in the first round, but we saw a lot less of it in the second. He was a lot more consistent in the second round. Yeah. He wasn't as high, but he wasn't as low. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Which is, I think I prefer that. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And he did step up in the biggest moment in game seven. He put up 40 points in game seven to carry, to carry the Nuggets over the Clippers and and that being said, I think it's beautiful that like Jokic didn't have didn't even have twenty points in Game Seven, but he was the guy. Like mm-hmm. his performance was better than Murray's performance, and yeah. he he had a triple double, but had what like fifteen points. And it, was they, in, it was incredible. They couldn't stop Murray that first half, and they had to completely shift their game plan to him in the second half, which just like allowed Jokic to pick him apart even more. They were like playing because they were doubling off of this off of the pick and roll Murray, and then Jokic had a four on three. It's crazy. And they were hitting shots. Like, give those other guys credit, Craig and Harris and Grant. They all – the, the, Jokic and Murray are going to be superstars, but this team looks so drastically different once Harris and once um, Torrey Craig and once Grant. Like, once they just actually start hitting things on the outside – and they actually start thinking. I hate. I hate those takes where people are like, "Oh man, they're just like finally making shots. That's why they're winning." Like, of course they're making shots, but <laughs> but the team the team looks so different and so much more formidable when those outside guys are actually succeeding. Yeah. yeah. No, certainly. But you, you're right, though. I mean, I think the big takeaway there is Murray Murray's consistency. Because um, you you can. I don't think you can. You can count on your role players to consistently hit those. It's hit or miss. I mean, look at the Bucks, right? Um, you just don't know what you're going to get from those people, but you should know what you're going to get from your superstars or your two best play- two or three best players. I mean, and on the flip side of that, look at the Clippers. Very um, true. And well, let's let's talk about the Clippers and let's yeah. let's start with Kawhi and PG. What do you what do you guys think happened? They mm. they went completely ice cold mm. in this series and in Game Seven in particular. Um, both these guys were scoreless in the fourth quarter. Kawhi and PG put up no points in the fourth quarter. They didn't shoot any free throws in the fourth quarter. Um, what what the hell is that? These are two of the best stars in the league. They were supposed to be the powerhouse in the West. And now, I mean, Kawhi, Kawhi's already proven himself, and he dropped off in this series. And Paul George has basically never proven himself, and he still didn't this time around as well. What's going to happen <laughs> with them? Well, 
So I think I would start off by saying it, it's just unacceptable. Like it, it really is not even to not have one bucket, right? Like mm -hmm. you could at least redeem yourself by going one for six or something, right? But for both of them to put up duds. I, I also think that like, particularly with Kawhi, right? I want to focus on that because we've seen enough Paul, Paul George to not trust him here. Like it's like, all right, whatever. You, you've blown game sevens with, with the Pacers. You've put up duds with the Thunder. I'm not expecting you to do great in this moment. But Kawhi has never not shine, shined when he needed to, right? He's the guy who always comes up when he needs to, puts the team on his back. I, I don't know if you want to put it on, like, injury. He's always had that leg problem. We know that it was a problem even before it was reported it was a problem. I want to say that, like, he had just kind of given up, right? And I don't know if that's Doc, mm. like, rubbing off on him or if that's Paul <laughs> George rubbing off on him. But he, he never does this. And I think mentally they had already called it quits by the time the fourth quarter came around. And that's more unacceptable than going over five. If it looked like he had was giving it his all, he was getting to his, his spots and he was missing, okay. But he wasn't, wasn't getting to his spots. Yeah. He wasn't trying to drive in. He wasn't trying to create contact. He was putting up shots that theoretically he could make, but they're not his shots. He, he was shooting, uh, I don't know how many threes. You probably have it in this doc, Josh. Two, he, shot, he shot two. two. I, um, I, yeah, I feel like exactly that, right? He didn't get to his spots. He didn't get to his elbow shot. He didn't get to that baseline shot. He didn't attack the hole. Like all the things that you need to do either to get to your spot or to get to the line. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I can't believe it, honestly. That one, they blew leads in game five and six that were huge leads. Um, and then in this game seven for them to completely fold. Um, I, You know, I'm not even going to say I'm surprised cause they, because they were just so – weird this season right like they're so like they just kind of acted like they had been on toronto with Kawhi and won that chip with him <laughs> <laughs> that's a good take yeah um, you know and, and they all felt like they were repeating they, they did yeah. yeah they deserved it. it from the moment that summer league started um way back when pre-covid with like patrick beverly and paul george talking shit to lebron and oh man i don't remember who it was on the lakers uh in the summer league arena to <laughs> yeah yeah maybe it was kuzma um to them just like they just ran their mouth all year for no reason and then they had all bark no bite when it came to you know not crunch time and so i had the wrong impression of of this clippers team heading into this i thought they were the high energy team i i felt so much about guys like pat bev and guys like lou williams just constantly being those like grown ass men who the court on the court who are always going to attack you. And I assumed that was just going to come out. And I assumed that, that despite, despite them kind of taking it easy throughout the regular season and the beginning of the bubble, I thought it was going to be like some LeBron shit where like LeBron is able to just turn on right away. And I 100% expected that out of this Clippers team and they just gave it up. They just gave it up. Yeah. That's why so, LeBron's, you know, arguably the greatest player of all time. Right. Top, I, top five top two <laughs> yeah you know but you know, give it um, but some yeah, leeway yeah. for some people for, for anyone that's like but magic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but so here's here's my take on the clippers as a whole and where they really need to look at the blueprint um when you look at Kawhi, like i really do think he only cares about winning and nothing else right like this whole movement thing i i think that like he he would like to play in his hometown well he's from san diego but like you know the closest place is is uh la and um that's all, but he's more than anything about winning, right? And in San Antonio, that's what the culture was. It was just like, just put your head down, no nonsense, we're gonna go out and win. He went to Toronto, 
and he was with a group of guys that were like unproven yet right because they kept failing in the playoffs and they were just like we're gonna put our heads down and we're gonna win I think he went to the Clippers thinking he was going to have that group of guys. Mm -hmm. But what he ran into was like, like, I don't think Pat, Be Pat Beverly is that guy, right? He thinks he is, but he's just too busy talking. Mm -hmm. And you can say the same for Lou Williams. Like he's even Paul George, right? Like he went with a bunch of guys who he thought were going to be on the same man mm -hmm. mindset as him. And they weren't. And ultimately that type of stuff, that type of culture, like it has its effect on the court. They never had chemistry. Mm -hmm. They were never on the same page, even in the post conferences, like, uh, who was it? Beverly, I think, was just like, yeah, it was championship or bust. And then Paul George goes in and he's like, in our minds, we knew it wasn't championship or bust. Okay. Like, how are you? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I didn't see that. That's yeah. some bullshit. Paul George That's literally ridiculous. said, he was like, in Yo, the back of our heads. Punk, man. <laughs> he literally said, in the back of our heads, we knew it wasn't championship or bust this year. Which is like, one, such a horrible mentality. But two, like, yeah. why are they not in the same page in that locker room? Nah, that's crazy. And the problem is Kawhi's not a vocal leader, right? He's just going to show you what he does on the court, and but he's not going to be talking in the locker room. So the fact that they weren't all on the same page is a little bit on mm -hmm. him, but also that's not his role. He just went with a guy, with guys who he thought were of that mindset, but I don't think they are. Yeah, he chose wrong because Kyle Lowry is of that mindset. Yeah, and exactly. And he completely chose and wrong it's, with it's, Paul George. It's wild. It's and wild Pat seeing Bev how... And Lou Will. Like, Lou Will loves but to the, be the sixth man because he wants to get his 20 points. Yeah, but that's... So, okay, so... All of those guys, I don't think any of it's surprising because none of them have – who's made the conference finals besides for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? None of those people? I don't did, think any of those Pat guys. Did Pat do it with the Rockets? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. But even, yeah. like, my point is that he, he got a bunch of guys who talked about the grind but didn't show yeah. the grind. And he and I don't, posers, know if, man. I don't know if Kawhi Leonard fell for it, right? I don't know if he fell for, like, oh, yeah, these guys are all about the hustle, but then they weren't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I stopped watching Clippers games, like, in the middle of the season because of that <laughs> shit. And you had season tickets, Darcy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible when they played hard and together. I mean, yeah, and we saw it in the first uh, – shoot, we saw it in the first six games. They just blew leads in games five and six, which, again, yeah. speaks to they just thought they had it in the bag. They just thought they deserved it. And, you know, you got you to earn it. Yeah, I agree. And – Insert pun. Pun. Wow, pun. Pun? 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 I, I, I don't know that – I guess my final take – Skip? My final take for this series, or at least this Clippers team, would be just it'd be cool to blow it up and get a new group of guys, but I don't think that in one offseason they can get better. So I just think they just need to run it back, and maybe now they'll be more focused. And run it back. Yeah, you have, you have to run it back. There's, the, the team is way too talented on paper to not run it back. And well, let, let me, what I mean is, like, get a new group of role players like should they get a new group of role players around paul george and Kawhi? i think the answer is yes can you do it in this short off season probably not maybe i mean i think we will i think a lot of those guys have value marky more or is it marky marcus marcus, marcus Morris, gonna have, yeah he's gonna have value um lou williams has value but those guys i don't know like yeah i'd, I'd probably just run it back maybe like retool slightly around them I don't like Pat Bev, so I'd probably get rid of him. Yeah, that guy, he's all bark. <laughs> that's just me. He's a chihuahua. Like, that's what yeah. he is. <laughs> Damn, Juan. Nah, for um, real, though, because like, when he's, like, talking shit to LeBron, <laughs> and it's like, come on, man. Like, you're just in his face, and, like, it's he, just – He talks like doing? he's a top 15 player in the league. Yeah. Like, and he's one of those people who, like, completely – he, like, yeah, he acts like he's top 15, and, like, he's on the bench, and his team's, like, winning and coming back, like, and, like, <gasps> he's not even fucking playing, and all of a sudden, he's yeah, he's like, yeah, I told you, and he's, like, sitting on the bench, like, what are you like, doing, dude? Bro, you had two points on 18 minutes. Yeah, like, come on, bro. 
All right, I'm going to call you both out, though. If you had a guy like that on the Sixers or on the Spurs, you would love that guy. No. And you would think no. that guy was no. the man to have like, on any team. I don't want Marcus team. Smart. I don't we, want – Like, okay. I don't, I don't want a Pat Bev. The closest we had to that was Dewan Blair, and they ran him out as soon as they could. Like – <laughs> no knees no knees Blair <laughs> no knees Blair <laughs> just like wouldn't right. wouldn't stop talking and it's like dude just like do your thing on the court and shut up <laughs> <laughs> well we, we will have much more time to talk about some of these off-season moves yeah, or the yeah. possible off-season moves in the future so let's move on let's head over right. to the next Western Conference series keep us moving Josh um, but Lakers versus the Rockets um the Lakers really eased through this series and they they beat the Rockets four games to one what what is what do you guys want to start with first? You want to talk about the the ease of which the Lakers have kind of ridden through the playoffs so far, and what things are going to be like for them in the future, or do you want to deep dive on the Rockets? Well, let's start with the Lakers. I think that um, I think it'll be quicker because they really have eased through this. I think they were clearly the better team. I never had the Rockets having any chance in this series, but I also didn't think that it would be that easy. Like. A lot of people have the Rockets putting up a strong fight or, like, potentially beating the Lakers. Like nah, nah, They wouldn't beat them, but I, I wouldn't – if it was four games to one, but all of them were one within five points, like, okay, that's what mm-hmm. I expected. Mm-hmm. But for them to just, like, not put up a fight at all was – again, I, I, I think on some level – even D'Antoni probably was just like, eh. Yeah, he's out, dude. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that guy had one foot said, out the door. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was like nah, I'm not coming back. He wasn't fired. He did not want to come back. He was like, I'm good. I don't want to do that shit anymore. I don't blame him. Antonio was probably the, the, the most bored coach in the entire league. Absolutely. He, 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 fought, he fought that game play in that style so hard when he was coaching Carmelo in New York. And he finally had to put his hands up against Scott Harden. Because Harden's incredible. And you have to, you have to let Harden cook. Well, Harden shoots you threes, to, too. Yeah. 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 No, but it's, but it's, it's so funny. It's so funny with, like, where, where Tony used to be. Versus he's gonna be with the Pelicans next yeah. year, and he's gonna be he's gonna be he's having gonna the time so of his time. life. Yeah, <laughs> I I think though, but like what what I appreciate from D'Antoni is I think it got old quick for him, right? But the fact that year one in the Rockets, he was like, "Hey, we gotta exploit this inefficiency." Like mm. that's him using his genius of like, we have the best three point shooter in the league. Mm. We have the guy who draws the most fouls in the league. Let's just exploit that, and this will lead us to the title. Mm-hmm. They couldn't build the roster and around it. it. it they were close, right? Yeah. They were maybe, so close last year. Last year, year they the were pa- so the close. Past two years. Pa- yeah. They took it to Gate 7 the past two years. Yeah, so I, I think at first he was having fun. Even if it wasn't the style he wanted to play, he, he had fun knowing that he outsmarted everyone. But, like, by year four, it was, like, getting so old. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, you can't watch that. <laughs> no. And I, I like – I think we all love Chris Paul, and I'm so happy that he wasn't on that team so we could see him, like, do something else and actually yeah, play basketball. That's true. Um, damn, that team is hard to watch. I don't know. What do they do? And, and like, How do they improve? How do the, how's a team like the Rockets improve? And, you have to trade Eric Gordon, and I don't know what you get for him. I don't so, think you get equal value. I don't think you do either. But here, here's my hot take, right? Because I was telling Darcy this off the pod uh, at some point. I was saying... Off the pod. Oh my god. That's a new segment. A new Off the pod? Off the, <laughs> off the pod. <laughs> off the bench, off the pod. Off the bench, off the pod. This is like like <laughs> the deleted scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like our terrible takes that yeah. we have and like we don't share on the pod because they're... <laughs> well, I don't think this one's terrible, but I was telling, I was telling Darcy, like, they're going to end up getting a coach who's going to want to implement like an actual game plan, right? Like movement around the ball. 
and they're gonna call it revolutionary like oh like Harden's back to playing a real two like giving him the ball like completely forgetting that like that's exactly what they did before D'Antoni got there (laughs) (laughs) you know what I okay I have I have a solution for their problem right now um I think Harden needs to shoot way less Oh, yeah. and I, like pass way more he needs to like or even if he's shooting the same he needs to like one move without the ball and also two serve as that primary facilitator and get everyone else involved yeah and not do it in a way that you take up 18 seconds on the shot clock and then you pass it to pj tucker in the corner do it in a way that requires movement. movement because it, it, there's nothing worse than playing basketball and you have some guy who's really a ball hog harden and westbrook who just like all of a sudden expects you to hit a shot after not passing you the ball for the last five possessions. And then you're like, and then you miss it. And they're like all pissed about it. It's like, dude, like you got to give me a chance. I need to touch the ball. Like, and you don't want to play defense. Like it affects your whole mindset and your whole game. And like, yeah, he has the, he's so good that he can, he can do that. He can make that switch. And I really think that Harden's biggest mistake, like, cause he has the talent, right. Is that he didn't take anything from Chris Paul, right? Like he could have been the new Chris Paul. He has mm-hmm. the talent. He has the passing ability. He has the vision. He just doesn't care for it. A lot bigger. He's bigger. Like, he could have learned from that, work off the pick and roll, run some sets, like, and he could distribute like crazy. He could be averaging 12 assists a game and he still put up 20 be. points. Yeah. But ra- he'd rather it put up 30 and just, like, give these, like, ridiculous passes with two mm-hmm. seconds left on the shot clock. I've always understood exploiting the inefficiencies and letting a guy like Harden cook. But what I what – I, will never understand, and you guys, you guys will agree with me. Um, no one moves off the ball in Houston. And if you well, – Why would you? Talk about this, if you're not going to get but, the ball, why would you? And, but that's the, that's the biggest shift that needs to take place, though, right? That's yeah. the, I, I'd be fine if they still do a lot of, like, ISO work with Harden. As long as they just started doing some other actions with the guys on the outside. Yes. And, I mean, we'll talk a lot about Miami later, I'm sure. But Miami thrives because they have their go-to offense – uh, with with Drogic and with Adebayo and with Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler, who are like doing some pick and roll stuff, working on the inside, and as they're doing that, they're constantly moving around the outside, and it just mm-hmm. it's just classic basketball. It's 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 not it's not like this is a hot take, but if you if you move yeah. on the outside, it creates space all over the court, and it blows my mind when Houston just refuses to do that solely mm-hmm. for the sake of of exploiting the inefficiencies. Which I like. Um, it, it's it. Reminds me honestly of like the Iverson Sixers, and I hated watching the like you love watching <laughs> Iverson and you hate so watching much. the team, right? Eric Snow, like it's just yeah, <laughs> and it's just one of the more frustrating things to see that there's no movement again. Why would you move because you're not getting the ball? The, the Heat do such a great job of, and Jimmy Butler is not in the same class as Harden, but he does such a great job of doing whatever the team needs him to do. I know that sounds really cliche, but he kind of just he makes the right moves. He doesn't look to shoot every time, but when they need a bucket, he's capable of getting that bucket. Harden is a much better scorer than Jimmy Butler from all areas of the floor, mm-hmm. and he's able to get those foul calls. If he could do half of what the Heat are doing, I mean, that, that team, they, they might have beat the Lakers, you know? Yeah, I think um, – I was thinking about how you were saying, like, if, they, if everyone just moved around him – I think there needs to be a little bit more just because then you could zone that, right? Like, it doesn't matter if everyone's running around. If, if, if their defender stays in the same spot. Yeah. You need to get into his spot yeah. with six or eight seconds left. Exactly. And then, but after doing some movement, that might have resulted in a layup. 
right. or wider than three. Yeah, but I, I definitely agree with both of you that he can still be the point guard. He doesn't go back. He doesn't have to go back to being a traditional shooting guard. But there needs to be some sort of more offensive action happening. And I don't. I. I think I don't blame D'Antoni for not doing that because he was trying to sort of circumvent, you know, the the game a little bit. And he was a genius for doing it at the beginning. I also think he knew two years ago that like it wasn't enough, you know. And I, I think this year he just was like, well, it's gotten us this far. Mm-hmm. If, if a couple shots go the right way, maybe we can actually win. And they just everyone got better, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to play a game. Um, and this game is just going to involve me reading out the contracts for James Harden and Russell Westbrook over the next love, four years. Love this game. Uh, Every th- game. Three years, actually. So, so next year, Russell Westbrook is making $41 million. Year after that, $43 million. Year after that, player option for $46 million. And I think we all know if he will take the player option. He, he's going to. <laughs> um, James Harden, $40 million next year. $43 million the year after that. $46 million again. Um, Three years out from now so when you when you have two players if Westbrook stays with Houston and if James Harden stays with Houston who take up that much cap space along with an owner um I forget the owner's name in Houston but yeah. he, he's he's not one to like want to spend a lot of money and go into the luxury tax Freddy? um well they're saying he's like not bankrupt he's like, but He's yeah, what well, all, all this money's, money's in hotels and, and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 is like either way, <laughs> yeah. the the financial yeah. outlook for the Houston Rockets isn't looking great. So if you do keep both of these like core two players in Westbrook and Harden, how do you build a team around them? How do you how do you bring in new role players to to change up some of their like workings on the exterior mm-hmm. of their offense when when they just literally don't have the flexibility to do so? I think there's only one clear answer. You get Kevin Durant. <laughs> you run it back on the Thunder. I mean, on the on the Rockets. <laughs> yes. Bring back Serge Ibaka as well. That'd yeah. be the biggest baller move if he got them. If he got KD and then they won on the Rockets, wouldn't that be amazing? Be I'd root for them. So I, I would root for them. <laughs> Those guys would never though. That would be. If we think if we think the Clippers look bad on the court in terms of energy and gelling, like imagine those three on the court together again all these years <laughs> later. That would not vibe. Yeah, they're they're too, too many egos. Yeah, they're they're too egotistical at this point. They were they were young and willing to do whatever they needed to at the time. Not yeah. anymore. Um, I, I to answer your question in terms of cap space though, I think you need to find maybe like I'm, I'm I can't even think of an example, but just like Team guys that move a lot. Like, you I don't need know. the Landry Shamets of the world. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, um, do you need to get lucky in the draft? I don't know what pick they have. Or if Justin Holiday. Did they trade? Did they trade their pick? Um, they, Justin they, Holiday might be too no. Much they they gave they him into the mid level. They gave up. They gave up picks. Yeah, they for, gave up picks. Yeah. For so so for I, I don't know if they have a pick. So I don't know what they do. And yeah, Justin Holiday, he might be too expensive. Uh, you think so? I don't know. He's gonna. I bet he gets. Well, I don't know what the cap like Eight million or something, but per year, I don't know. He's probably gonna get at least five, and they're already way over the cap, right? Like between these two and Eric Gordon, they're over the cap. I do think you trade Eric <laughs> like, Gordon because he's gotten too comfortable with just being a shooter. Like he, he bought into this idea of let me just stand here and throw it up, and he needs to go. He was sixth man of the year though three years ago. Like he three he years can, ago though. Like he's he's. I not know that, though, but he's not he's not that old though. He's. 
It's not. I age. feel like his his game his game hasn't deteriorated that he, much. He would be. He might be a good fit with a new coach if they actually get some movement. So it's not age with Eric Gordon. It's it's comfort. He like this last season he was literally super comfortable with just like let me stand in my spot, let me get it with two seconds left, and I'm gonna throw yeah. it up. Like he liked doing that, I, and that he did more than that before. But I just think he got comfortable. So that's why I think you ship him, get him with a guy, get another guy who can, who not that who can do more, but who will do more. Yeah, I, see, I just don't know if you're going to get good value for him, especially after this playoffs. But he's the only logical piece to move, I think, because I shouldn't say that. I think Covington and Tucker are also valuable pieces that they could move. But you can't move Westbrook. I think like, you just Tucker. Yeah, I just don't think he's tradable, right? I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know who takes him. Um, you would need to. You would need to send him off to the Knicks. The Magic. No, yeah, the, the only teams taking Westbrook are the teams that teams have struggling not succeeded to get to for a long time, and they just they just want a bit of notoriety. Sacramento I, I, Kings, uh, New York Knicks, all all those all those classic teams that make bogus moves just for the sake of making a move. I can see legitimately the Magic taking them. Like, hey, we're an eight seed every year, and we get swept every year. Let's let's take a Westbrook, become a fifth seed, and then lose in seven. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the Magic are an interesting. I don't know what the contract situation would be like. I guess they have to give up like Fournier and I don't, I don't, know. I don't know who else. No, you, you're not going to give up Boot. I I think they're going to have just like contract wise, they're yeah. going to have to run it back. But um, next pod, we'll talk about Westbrook's yeah. contracts. You want to keep? Right. We want to talk about the Lakers when we get to the yeah. conference finals. We can. Lakers yeah. won five. They, they, they won five. They've been coasting through, and yeah. the only thing that matters for them is the future. The past rounds that we've seen isn't painting a new picture for us for them. Yeah. So. The only thing I want to say about the Lakers, I, I could save it, but I'm just going to say it now before I forget. Um, I don't want anybody, and too many people are going to do this. If they win this chip, they're going to say, like, oh, they had the, they had it easy, right? But all of us were saying the Blazers were up, up the snuff. They were a yep. three, four seed, and, okay, they didn't. They didn't play that well. They were tired. They got hurt, whatever. And then same thing with the Rockets. A bunch of people were saying they were very formidable. They could win. What if the small ball is so hard for them to figure out? Um, and now the Clippers lost to the Nuggets. I, you know, I just – it is the it is what it is. And I think this chip shouldn't be diminished is all I'm saying, just because LeBron wins it. Those stakes will definitely be there, though, the next day. Like the oh, yeah. day, the day after they win, if they win. Asterisk. Skip Bayless, <laughs> man. I already, have, I already hear the skip takes. Skip. Oh, man. Please don't. Skip. Yeah, literally. Skip, skip. Um, all, right. all right. Let's go over to the uh, Eastern Conference, and let's talk some Boston Celtics first, Toronto Raptors. Boston closed out this series in seven games. I think aside from the Nuggets and Utah Jazz series last round, that this Raptors Celtics series was the best series that we've seen in the playoffs. Um, what do you? What do you? Let's start with Toronto since they're the team that 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 went out and got kicked out of the bubble. What do you make of Toronto's um, like hard fought seven games and journey into the second round this year? I think they were an incredible story. None of us had any, them being anywhere this good uh, when Kawhi left. I think we all thought they could be a playoff team. We imagined mm-hmm. them as an eight seed, maybe a seven seed. No one thought they'd be the second best team in the East at the end of the regular season. They were really good. They played really well. Nick Nurse is an amazing coach. That being said, I, I didn't think that they would beat the Celtics going into this series. The fact that they took it to seven, though, was really incredible. 
I, I was telling Darcy, like, I, I want them to run it back just because they're such a fun mm-hmm. team to watch. They're so fun. They're so that being fun. said, I, I don't think they'll win as constructed, especially with Lowry getting older. He's on a one-year contract. He might not even come back. But Serge so is a year fun. older. Gasol is going to be a year older. Well, yeah. All their, all their core agent, veterans. I think. Well, Lowry is going to be two after this Oh, year. okay. Dude, Gasol to the Celtics? Just saying. That'd be cool. You know, the only thing I, I – again, yeah, everything Juan said is completely accurate. I don't think any of us thought they were going to be the second-best team in the East. Um, I was disappointed with how Siakam played, and I think he showed us – I don't think he's going to be anything more than a borderline all-star, yeah. um, which is fine. I, I think he's a good player. He's not going to be great. Um, I was I was kind of disappointed in the lack of adjustments. We were talking about this off, off the pod. Yeah. Off the pod. <laughs> off the pod. Um, I thought they should have tried to tried to kick it old school and throw Gasol down in the post they and like it. use him like the Nuggets use Jokic because he's also a very great passer and run your offense through him at the high elbow. Um, and they never went to that. Instead, they kind of went right into the Celtics game of just playing small. Wait, 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 Josh. But I was on a, let's just, play a quick game. Quick game. Okay. It's gonna take two seconds. It's called guess the height. All right. Guess the height of Daniel Tice. 6'10". See, I told you. He's 6'8", dude. He's so small. <laughs> Wait, are you kidding me? I yeah, thought he six, was 6'10". Yeah. He's 6'8". He's he the was, same height as Tatum? As Tatum, yeah. yeah we looked it up. Yeah. And I was – because I was telling um, Darcy, like, ah, oh, like, Even what a big man right he now. is. She's, like, rolling yeah, over. Yeah, she's like, what? 6'8"? Yeah. <laughs> so, knowing that now, it makes way more sense to feed Marcus all the ball. Like – their big man who was crushing it and was just like getting all these oops was six eight and they had Ananobi on them. It was ridiculous. I, I think though, so Serge Ibaka played really well in this series. And and one of the bad adjustments that didn't make sense to me in game seven, McNurse only played Serge like twenty minutes in game seven. Yeah, no, and I I didn't understand that because he was he was thriving though. He was thriving He's the perfect the person to play against a small ball lineup. He's your yeah. perfect small ball five. I know. That's one one of the few decisions. It's one of the few decisions that Nick Nurse made throughout this entire playoff stretch that just didn't compute. It it didn't line up with everything that he'd done before. That they could have won that series. And again, I I I think after watching the series, Boston was the better team. And I went in thinking the Raptors were. And I just they definitely could have won that series. Yeah, they really could have. I I agree that since Game Six, this whole like they could have taken it. So. Ibaka used to be the perfect stretch four when that was the thing, right? Mm-hmm. When it was like, oh, get a four who can play outside. And now it's like assuming you have four outside players and can you get a stretch five, mm-hmm. right? So Ibaka used to be the perfect stretch four. Now he's the perfect stretch five. I think they could have taken it super old school and have Gasol and Ibaka out there for like good formative minutes, like in the sixth and seventh game. The Celtics didn't have the size. Gasol's too good. He doesn't need to, like, I'm not saying he needs to get all the touches, right? But give him the ball 10 times. Let him go to work on eight of those. Like, you could have helped him out a lot. That's going to be something that Nick Nurse probably looks back on and has a lot of regrets about. Mm. And, and the Toronto outperformed. We were, like, Juan, you already said that. They outperformed this year. We didn't expect them to be where they ended up. But that doesn't mean – like, they could have easily taken the series. They could have easily made it to the, West, the, to the Eastern Conference Finals. And they were so damn close. You know who else um, – uh, yeah, I, I think they. I think they should run it back. Um, but the the one guy I'm trying to think of his name. I was going to look it up. Uh, I think his last name's Thomas, 
And then they also have that kid, Davis. I feel like they have, like, a good little young – well, Thomas isn't young. He's, like, playing overseas. The white guy could shoot it. Um, played, like, yeah, yeah. garbage minutes. Um, and, yeah, Davis, who was the rookie undrafted, who had a really good year. Like, they have a lot of young talent um, that I – if they could sign Gasol at a really cheap price and keep Lowry at a reasonable price, which I think that's going to be tough. Um, I think he's going to demand a good a good bit from some contenders, but – well, Matt Thomas, yeah, I'd run, I'd run it back, man. They, I, I, they could grow into something. I agree with that, but I do agree with you though that like, I think if you take playoff Siakam, who is particularly bad, yeah. and regular season Siakam, and who is particularly good, and that middle ground is what Siakam will always be. Like, yeah. I think in the playoffs, he's not going to be as bad as he always was. He'll get he'll get over that. But I don't think he's going to be like a superstar. Or the thing, the he, was, he was a second. He was a second team All NBA guy this year, though. He made second team All NBA honors. Yeah, but yeah. I just announced that he but, he couldn't adjust to the teams adjusting to him. The the thing yeah. that was really disappointing. Um, I I just don't think he should be your number one scoring option, right? So maybe he can be your best. Maybe he can grow into being your best player, especially if he's going to be a top fifteen All NBA guy. But he shouldn't be the person you're relying on to get that bucket. He's just not capable. It's not in his game. It's not what he does. And they kept going to him that way. And he would – the amount of times I saw him just turn it over doing that yeah. off of, like, nothing. It was single coverage, and, like, somebody might help from up top when he's driving in. And it's like, dude, you're turning like, – he was doing some Embiid shit. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Like, what are you, what are you, what's happening right now? Um, I don't know. All right, we're going to play another quick game. Josh, okay. How many years do you think Gasol has been in the league? Oh gosh, thirteen. Um, I would have guessed thirteen. I would have even like if you said guessed fifteen. I would have been like, yeah, okay. He's only been in the league eleven years. <laughs> That's he came, crazy. He came in late though. Yeah, he. he, did, he but you. He's he older than that though. Forever. He. He also he does look like he plays. He plays older than an eleven-year vet. Yeah, yeah. yeah he no, came he, in he's late. an he older in. big he man. Did. Yeah. No, he he's a yeah, European he, player. He, he didn't came come in when he was twenty-one. He came in when he was like twenty-five. Yeah, he's thirty-five. Yeah. Um. So he came in when he was twenty-four, which is yeah. pretty old. You know, like even even a four-year player comes in at twenty-two. So mm. that was a little interesting to see that. But I, I'm okay with them running it back. It's like you know, I said this last pod. I my favorite teams are the ones that keep that they're like trying to get over the hump even if they never do it if they play together for six years you just have so many memories of them they're only one player away and that's so what i like, think the raptors that's, are that's exactly what happened that's what i'm saying yeah like you know that's how, like, how they ended up with Kawhi and won a yeah. chip so they're really only one move away they're only one back. russell westbrook away oh my god <laughs> oh my gosh thanks for listening guys we're uh, <laughs> just kidding <laughs> We're going to continue this pod later with Alec Darcy. Ooh, uh, that Paul, take was Chris too Paul bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. A Chris Paul Chris away? Paul but and Kyle Lowry game on the outside. I don't know. I think, How do I, think you get, I think you get rid of Lowry, right? You don't sign him again. You yeah. sign, you re-sign Van Fleet, who I think is a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. And then you trade for uh, Chris, Paul? Chris Paul. I don't know what you yeah, – I mean, I'm, I'm sure the Thunder – The cap numbers would be tough. but No, because Lowry made $30 million and Chris Paul made like thirty five. I'm sure the Thunder would sign and trade, would like agree to Lowry signing and then trading away with, like a, pick with a pick. Something. They'd be like, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll switch. Just give us a pick. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know. And at that point, like everyone's done it already, so why yeah. not? 
Speaking of a team that needs Chris Paul. Sorry. No, 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 that's the perfect. Do it, Darcy. Take it back. Roll it back. No, keep it going, man. No, I'm saying go for it. Oh. The Milwaukee Bucks. Yay. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I wanted, I wanted that to they're win. Chris, awesome. they're, a, they're a solid ball handler away. It doesn't need to be Chris Paul, but but they are. Yeah, I mean, I think a good fit. I at the at the time I really didn't see it as a bad thing that they re-signed um, Bledsoe and let go of Brogdon. But that series, oh man, that's when it was they like, can't... okay, all right, you made the wrong move. Well, you <laughs> they made the wrong move. That was last year that you should be saying that. Like they yeah. signed Bledsoe in the middle of the year, and then they like. Bledsoe completely they're... flamed out in the playoffs last year. But, and but they let Brogdon walk. Yes. But what and I'm saying is, after that, like when, when that happened, okay with that? I was okay with it. I was like, oh, Bledsoe's no, 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 a solid player. No, dude. He's like a really. I, I, I I'm, a, I'm a big Brogdon believer. Brogdon's been the better player for a couple of years now. Like, I think it's pretty undisputed at this point. Okay. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is the highs also, of Bledsoe were really good. And I was just like, okay though, with this. Most importantly, cheaper. Brogdon is a nasty player in 2K. Way better than Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> yeah, he's smooth. He's smooth. He's one of those, like, slow 2K players, but, like, kind of just gets to wherever he needs to get to. That's the Big perfect 2K fan. guy. Yeah, yeah. Exa- right. no, it's exactly who I would, like, try and just, like, shoot yep. a bunch of. <laughs> okay, let's let's start off by reminding everyone what uh, our picks were. So, I'll start off. I had the Bucks in six. I don't remember what I had, but I had the Bucks probably in five <laughs> or six. Definitely not seven. Um, yeah, you can't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure I had Bucks in five or six as well. I, I was writing Miami off. I was I was yeah. considering Miami done in the playoffs. The Bucks are still more. I, I will go down fighting. They were more, they're more talented. Oh, they are. Well, it's like I, I don't think it's close. Here's the way that I see it. Um, in terms like talk to me first play. Give me Brook Lopez. Dude, I'm so you you know I know like, I love I'm the biggest Brook yeah, Lopez. Him and Robin, they should have been playing them together. <laughs> right? Hi, Lopez. Uh, yeah, one, one of my favorite one of my favorite Brook Lopez movies or Brook Lopez Ooh, memories is the act? Let me check the IMDb real quick. Check the IMDb. One of my Jimmy favorite Jackie Brooke Chan Lopez memories. Darcy, <laughs> you were <laughs> sorry, Josh. <laughs> No, we'll have to get out the pod. We'll have to get out the pod, but we're going to keep it in. We're going to keep it in. You got to keep it in, yeah. (laughs) That would be a sick movie, though, right? (laughs) I totally. totally, Any movie. And Chris Tucker, man. Right? Rush Hour 4. Maybe Robin's like the cab driver. Robin's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. Yeah, and then Brooke is like, he doesn't. You don't know that it's his twin until the end. Ooh, that would be that would that would be up there with the um, Boban Maranovic cameo in. Oh, um, yeah. John, John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, but then Robin somehow switches with Brooke at the end of the movie. There's like a soft <laughs> wink. There has to be a second one. Oh wow, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> like a like yeah, a like a freaky Friday start thing. This down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, freaky Friday. <laughs> oh my god, freaky Friday with the Lopez brothers. <laughs> Yo, who wouldn't watch that? I would watch that. No one. I, I, <laughs> no one. <laughs> All right. All right. But back to basketball. Um, Darcy, do you remember when you and I went to a Wizards game two years ago and we saw um, Thomas yeah, Sadransky, my favorite NBA oh. player, just completely dunk on Brooke Lopez and and like yeah. end Brooks and he. Ended Brook Lopez's career two years ago with yeah. with this poster, and it was one of the best basketball moments. Sadoransky, that's our dude. <laughs> I miss I miss he's, Sato so he's much. He's in Bulls like purgatory. He would be a great fit with this Bucks team. <laughs> Is he good enough ball handler? They need a ball handler though. So he's a good ball um, handler. Sato. Aside aside from aside from not having a 
a really good ball handle and a really good point to to run the floor. What what did you see from this Milwaukee team? What what did you expect to go differently for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference? I feel like they didn't run an offensive set. Um, and I, I, again, I think they're more talented. They going back to what we said about Marcus All, it's even more true for Brooke, somebody like Brooke Lopez, who was a number one option for so many years, capable of shooting the three, but he's also such a great post player. Like okay. doing things out of that and having Giannis run off of him, um, having Middleton take a little more control of the offense, and we saw what that could look like in games four and five a little bit. Yeah. Um, just like Giannis needs to be born off the ball. He shouldn't be the one just like steamrolling. He was. It's like when you play Madden and you just keep running HB dive. <laughs> like he was just like <laughs> same <laughs> play over and over and over and over and over and over. And it's like okay, like like I get it, but you're not gonna get a fucking dunk every time here. If you get three yards off of it, then you can hope for the first down. But if you start getting two yards of it, you're going to run into fourth and two yeah. every time. <laughs> so I guess maybe they don't need another ball handler because I, I do think Giannis is capable of being that. But he needs to – same thing what we were saying about Harden, like pass the ball and move without the ball. Like get some actions going, get some other things happening because he's so gifted. He, he reminds me kind of like – this is like a rough comparison. But Dwayne Wade a little bit, like how he like – if he can Young use, Wade, yeah, if he can like use himself off the ball the way that Wade was able to when he played with, uh, played with LeBron. Oh, okay. okay. Um, is what I'm what picking you. up. Yeah. Yeah, not just like Wade. I not handling like the ball as much, but like he was slashing a bunch. Um, I don't know. I just think they need a little more movement. I don't know if it's necessary that they need another ball handler, but. So I mean, yeah. Giannis won his second MVP in a row today, and yep. and I would. I would well really deserved. love, well deserved, completely deserved. He he should have been like, he should have been the guy to win that award this year. But I would really love for him to just take charge more. I want him to be the MVP and and do stuff again. I want him to be the MVP off the ball just as much as he is when he has the ball in his hands and when he's in transition. Mm-hmm. Like he he is such he's such a physical presence on the floor. He can literally do whatever he wants at any time. And the only way that he can't do whatever he wants is when a team creates the wall and drops three guys on him. And from there, all he has to do is just, like, lob the ball out to somebody else. That's all. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And you have such a great shooting, supporting cast. Like, those yeah. guys can really stroke it. So That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So there's, there's a couple of things, I think, that need to happen, right? First, I think Budenholzer is a great coach in the sense that he developed a good system that won them how many games did they, I don't know if they won 60 games, but they would have yeah. if it was a full season, right? Um, but it's no joke that playoffs are a whole different beast in, in the NBA. You you face a team like every other day, they see what the adjustments you do. They are have real. all the film and they do something different. And Budenholzer's philosophy has always been, hey, even with the Hawks, right? Like this this won us 60 games, this won us 50 games. Let's keep doing it because we know it works. But it's, it's different when you're just seeing, you know, a different team every night who's too busy working on their game as opposed to a team that's working on stopping you. And he didn't adjust, which he never does, and it backfired. So I, there, is, there, there needs to be, like, a serious discussion with management, with Budenholzer on, like, if you're going to stay, mm-hmm. you need to change your philosophy. Or you find another coach who can implement the same system but is willing to adjust accordingly, right? Besides that, though, I think the biggest problem is that Giannis needs a head of steam to score, right? 
And the, the Heat did a great job of always having three players to like put up a wall, mm -hmm. but they were also quick enough to get there whenever he passed out, mm -hmm. right? But they so, knew he was passing out. Like, exactly, you, you because, know they, where the ball's because going, they, they had the three it. guys, yeah. So I think aside, I think the biggest thing is he needs to like watch some Shaq tape and he needs to be able to just get the ball in the post and score from there. Because Giannis isn't used to having his back to the wall uh, yeah, and then to the basket, and then get the ball from there. Turn around and shoot, or score, right, or dunk. Should even he should even watch some some Jokic gameplay. Jokic is so skilled at at doing some weird shit in the post and getting the ball in the hoop, even if it looks He's, not pretty. But, it, but it's so unconventional. Athlete. Yeah, it's it's unconventional yeah. though. The thing is, I, I say Shaq just because it's this, it's like the athletic specimen, the same idea, right? Jokic isn't that. Jokic has to be unconventional. Um, so I don't know that's the best comparison. I get what you're saying, though, that he can do that though, yeah. when he needs to. And You should watch some David Robinson tape. Oh, you know, that's the perfect example. Yeah. Because David Robinson, if David Robinson played in today's NBA, he'd be honest. Yeah. Because he was way too athletic to be just stuck in the mm -hmm. post. But he played in, he played in the late 80s, early 90s, and that's mm -hmm. what the game was. But he was, like, he was like too athletic for his time to be a seven-footer. Yeah. So that's a good example of what to watch. Because that's exactly what Robinson did. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he was better, but he was a better crazy. shooter. He was a better shooter, but I, I think Giannis needs to stop shooting threes. He, mm -hmm. He's following <laughs> same thing for Embiid. <laughs> Both of them just need to, to stop shooting threes. It's okay that you're. That's not everyone thing, has to. You can have four okay. players to shoot them. It it's doesn't okay. have to be all five. Yeah, it's okay. Um, like that's not going to be you. That's why you have Brook Lopez. Yeah, like that's exactly why you have them. So you don't have to shoot those threes. Um, I, I think you you need to start developing your fifteen to eighteen foot shot. Yeah, if you can hit that fifteen footer. Yeah. yeah. Game but over. It's already he's already over. he's already he's already practically unstoppable. And there are just there's so many small tweaks that he can make to yeah. he just to literally make himself unbeatable in the court. He just needs situation. to be unstoppable with his back to the basket because he's yeah. not yet. Like he's not used to getting position and then calling for the ball. And they yeah. have shooters to be able to position him there mm -hmm. and then if he can just honestly like just work on your foot one he's so talented that he just needs to work one summer on his footwork mm -hmm. get a little shimmy going yep. and he's good like he can dunk it on anybody night in night out yeah the um moving on from Giannis I don't know if you guys if you had any more on Giannis Josh go for it guys um I hope they don't overreact to what happened and you know, I honestly don't think they should trade for Chris Paul just because of his salary cap number. Mm -hmm. I think it would completely strap them, um, unless they could get off Bledsoe. Um, but, I, but I think he's Bledsoe's the person I'd move for the sake of allowing, one, George Hill more playing time because he was really good for them. They looked great when George Hill was playing. They looked yeah. so good when he was on the court with them. And then DiVincenzo, who's getting a little older now, so be his third year, I think, next year, and Pat Connington. I think they need more minutes for sure. throughout the season to develop into people who can be those solid role players for you in the playoffs. I, and they're capable. I didn't like that both Connington and DiVincenzo kind of fell out of the rotation. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty... And they're like the kind of like the spark. Like, yeah. And they, they give you something. Here's the thing. There's, there's certain teams where, like, you just don't have the depth. You need to go seven deep, eight deep at the most, right? You only have eight guys that deserve playoff minutes. But then there's other teams where you have 10 dudes that legitimately. Miami. Miami yeah, is that team. Exactly. 10 guys that legitimately contribute. And the Bucks had that. Yeah. And, and they cut but them they, out. they chose to go 8 deep. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, yeah. the Heat, may, okay, maybe they're not playing all 10 or 11, right? Like, none isn't getting that many minutes. Yeah. Leonard isn't getting that many minutes. But you're giving but, them a feel to see if they're worth continuing to exactly. play that game. Again, it goes back to your adjustments comment. And the Bucks just completely were like, oh, well, you're the ninth man. So even though you were very helpful, 
and you can contribute in playoff in playoff minutes, let me just cut you out. It was it's like very rudimentary. Like you only do that when you don't have those guys. Yeah. And Connington's, in my opinion, every bit as good as Duncan Robinson. I know that's like really strong. That's a, that's a hot take. Strong. Yeah. Darcy, strong. that's that's strong. That's what's going to get you kicked off this pod. We're going <laughs> to we're going to stop right now. <laughs> better athlete, better defender. Better athlete, yes. Can't shoot as well but can shoot. Okay, I'm So I'm it's following. closer it's, I'm following yeah, now. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, maybe if okay, so if I have like the perfect team, I'd rather have Duncan Robinson. But in terms of like just one-on-one player that I want, and, and he's like a little bit of an everyman more yeah. than Duncan Robinson. Yeah. yeah. Well, to to that point though, <laughs> just like okay, to that point though, we're, we're yeah. For everyone listening, if you can see my face on Zoom right now, I'm just speechless, and I don't, okay. I couldn't disagree with this more. Yeah, but does okay. that Wisconsin app sign behind him? Let me. <laughs> to that point, Josh, though, <laughs> Duncan Robinson, since midway through the Buck series, has lost his rotation spot. He's playing. He was he was their starter. And he was playing like 30 minutes a game, and now he's playing like 15 minutes a game because he's only good for one thing, and that's the three. Oh, yeah. And if he's not making it and he's not defending, Spolstra's yanking him out of there. So he he is losing his minutes. I think Darcy has a point there. I was, but I don't. I, but regardless, we're talking about Duncan Robinson versus Pat Connaughton. You think Pat Connaughton's gonna be is gonna be defender? having the same impact on on the Heat as Duncan Robinson is right now? I think he's a better defender, and I think that keeps him in with Spolstra. Duncan Robinson is one of the most prolific shooters we've ever seen. Legitimately. Yeah. But it's one year. What I'm saying, okay, but exactly, but what I'm saying is what matters in playoffs, right? Like, I, I did a full 180. Shooting. Out-perimeter shooting matters in the playoffs. <laughs> what matters is defense. Defense wins championships. Ask the Rockets if perimeter shooting matters right now. Ooh. Ask the but, Bucks. Ask the Bucks. Because <laughs> they didn't play Pat Connaughton. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can, but you can have you can have a guy like Robinson when you actually have a a coach like Spolstra and a team that is constructed. Yeah, to, but, but uh, he's not play. playing anymore. Is what I'm saying. Like he's lost his so, rotation Mil- minutes. I know, but Mil- I we're so, like arguing about this because like they're both like really good players. <laughs> Mil- Milwaukee had the best, one of the best defenses in the this league so this stupid. year. <laughs> Milwaukee had one of the best defenses in the league this year, but that yeah. wasn't because of Pat Connaughton. Yes, it was. You know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Regardless, give me Duncan Robinson all day, every day. All right, that's fair. I love no, Robinson, I, but but I, I, I just I think it's closer. Agree. I just think it's closer than you know. The only thing that all, made me switch was yeah. I realized that Robinson is losing his minutes, and then that's when I was like, well, I guess that defense does matter. Robinson but is losing I his minutes because point. Tyler Harrow is the better player than both of them, and is definitely that's that's what's happening there. And Robinson, I wasn't trying to like shit on Robinson by any means. It was yeah, just, were. yeah, because I think he's a good all around player. All right, so speaking Back. of the Heat, speaking of the Heat, let's do some some quick takes on the series that's already going on uh, for the Eastern Conference Finals. The Heat are currently up 2-0 over the Boston Celtics. So, hot takes, rapid, rapid style. What are your What are your thoughts from the first two games of the series, and what do you expect to happen in the next, maybe two, maybe five games for the rest of the series? Is Gordon Hayward coming back? No, he He's has not. been officially upgraded to doubtful, which is the first time he <laughs> actually has Dude, he really a status that is up. not out. Um, so he's closer they, than he ever has been. They really, really, really need him because he's such a strong. He just does everything right, in my opinion. Like he, he makes the right pass. He takes the right shot. It might, he might be really frustrating because he's one, he gets hurt a lot now, and and two, he doesn't seem to be making a lot of those shots when he's playing recently. But 
he's just a really smart player and he he's a good playmaker and they need that right now like Tatum doesn't have more than one move in my opinion Kemba looks like he's a little shell shock I think he's going to be much better next year in the playoffs but He's, he's never been here. Kemba's never been here. The last time yeah. Kemba played a big game like this was when he was playing crossing at UConn. Crossing up McGee, man. Crossing up yeah. uh, <laughs> whatever his name is. Uh, McGee at Pitt. Um, yeah, Terrence McGee? I, no, no. It's not. Oh, my God. I don't remember what his name is. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's going to be great next year Like, because he, he is that type of player. He's a, he's a big-time player. But um, He looks, he looks shook. He looks starstruck. He looks, yeah, he looks a little shook. And then – for you to have to rely on Marcus Smart the way you are, and I hate Marcus Smart, so I'm the wrong person to ask about that. He's been incredible, though, Darcy. He has been great. I don't know. I just like so. I was the Celtics in 2K last night, just to give you a little rundown. And like, <laughs> I was playing Brad Wanamaker a bunch uh, to give my starters some rest. So that's a problem. Um, like, he's somebody who needs to be playing. He needs to not be playing in the playoffs. Like, talk about like Pat Connington not getting minutes. Like, Brad Wanamaker needs to be phased out and be playing 10 minutes yeah. relief. But yeah. that's the biggest problem in, in, in juxtaposition does. between Miami and Boston. Mm-hmm. Boston has no depth on this team. And Miami is the deepest team that has been in this playoffs. And yeah. Yeah. Miami arguably, I mean, compared to anyone in the Western Conference, they have, they have the best, like, bench of guys available mm-hmm. to bring onto the court. For sure. I'm not, I'm not saying that any of them are better than LeBron or AD, but, but they, they're the only they're, team that has any – who Miami is? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, against the Lakers? <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever. We'll, we'll get to keep that going, when, it, when it happens. Um, but that's, that's been Miami's biggest strength. And yeah. it's also – so Eric Spolstra is a hell of a coach, and that's not a hot take. He's one of the best coaches in the league. But the adjustments that he has made, uh, specifically with Bam Adebayo this series and in the playoffs, and specifically with Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson um, – he, he's been able to make so many adjustments to counter the Celtics because he has the options to go to. Yeah. Whereas the Celt- the Celtics, Brad Stevens, his, his, his adjustments during the game have basically seemed to be non-existent and haven't had an impact on anything that's going on, at least in comparison to what Swatch's thrown out there with the Heat. And I really feel like a part of that is because he's just so limited and the Celtics are so limited into the guys they can have on the court and the rotations yeah. they can yeah. use. If, if Brad Wanamaker and Semi Ojale are playing big time minutes during the playoffs, it's it's yeah, not Semi-Ojale's going to work out. He shouldn't be on a roster. You know the you think so? no, he should be on a roster, but he shouldn't play. Um, so on the flip side of that, I hate the Celtics, so I hate to defend them, but they easily could have won both these games, and they should have won the first one. Like yeah. no doubt, they completely blew that game. I think they should have won both. I, so, so even even in in game two, the the Celtics had a lead going into halftime. And six minutes before six minutes before halftime, they had like a almost a twenty point lead that got down to thirteen by the time the half yeah. came around. Then then the Celtics the Celtics got us scored by twenty points in the third quarter. Yeah. So the Celtics had they had the game in the driver's seat and they just let up. If well, we're talking win, about I was say you win the third quarter, you win the game typically. Yeah. It's just like if, well, if we're did, talking about a team like the Clippers who aren't who aren't putting the pedal down to take these games, the Celtics mm-hmm. have basically been doing the same thing in this series. Have you seen that stat? Um, I, I saw it on Twitter where including it's like starting I don't know if it was including the first round, but starting from the conference semis, they've lost every third quarter but one. Mm. And that one that they didn't lose was uh, game one, which they ended up losing in overtime. So the Celtics consistently are losing the third quarter, 
and they're either they either already have a lead and like they don't give up the like lead completely or they just rally in the fourth but to consistently have to rally in the fourth game in and game out against a team that's as smart as miami you're just not going to win that you know you got to win the third quarter it's one of four quarters but <laughs> you know what you sound like? And then you know, like, well done. You know, my dad saying, used to be so, he would always be like, you know what, man? Like, they just have to win every quarter. And it's like, well, <laughs> well no shit. They, yeah, they just have to score more points, dad. Like, all right. And if they, if they win every quarter over the course of four games, they're probably going to win the series. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, maybe. Um, it's possible. Uh, so I, I want to play a game really quick because I, I'm really surprised that the Celtics aren't more in this series. And not to say they're not in it because. Again, we both said they could have won these games. Um, I mean, they have I, – I, I think they have three of the top four players in the series, right? Um, On paper. Oh, that's a, I know okay. Kemba's not playing at the snuff. But. Okay, I'm, I'm down to play this game. I ranked Tatum as the best player in the series. Okay. Yes, I agree. After that or I, got, I got Butler, too. I wouldn't blame you if you have Bam. Bam, too, or Brown, too? Bam. Oh, okay. You're gonna put Bam. I think Butler. Him? I think Butler's the clear two. Okay, I'm I'm cool with that. Actually, just, just go through your. I'll stop cutting. Go through your list. One. Right. Sorry. Go through. So I think Tatum's one. Okay. I think Butler's two. I think it's just so on paper Kemba should be three, but yeah. playoff Kemba has been pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So I'm okay with putting Brown or Bam three. Okay. So let's just put them three or four. Split the difference however okay. you want. Two and two. Then yeah. Kemba's five. On paper, he, yeah. Yeah, Kem- yeah, yeah. Either way, Drogic and here are out playing. Them, that's true. Well, Kemba's five, but my point is like six through eleven are all all heat. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Well, and even yeah. yeah, regardless regardless of those how those top top two players for each team shake out, there's a certain point where Miami is just going to overwhelm the Celtics. They're just every night. It, they're in this like okay, so I I think of them as the Hawks, right? Where they couldn't beat the Cavs, um, or the Heat, was it? Uh, I don't even, I don't fucking remember. Just the LeBron team. Yeah. Um, it was the Cavs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my point is that there were just four guys who, like, made the all-star team, really good players, played together, but they didn't have a superstar, right? However, with the Heat, they're just, like, the perfect, like, mix of role players who are way better than they should be. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need that superstar. You know what I mean? Like, Jimmy Butler's a really great player. He's a, I would say he's a top 20, top 15. I don't think he's a top 10 player in the mm-hmm. league. But they're like the supporting cast is just ridiculously good that it doesn't matter, and that's what every and team consistent. wishes. Yeah, that's which is really rare. Going back to some of the comments we we're making about Denver, like you just you can't rely on them to do that, but they're doing it. So. Yep. One of the best things about Jimmy Butler, um, I mean, <laughs> sorry, Darcy. <laughs> Stupid um, in game in game two, Jimmy Butler was not much of a factor on on offense. Um, he was having a cold night and he kind of actually, he chose to, to give the ball up to let Goran Dragic cook, to let other players on the perimeter score and let Bam go to town and in the inside in the pick and roll. But even though he wasn't making an impact on offense, he was everywhere else on the court. And if he wasn't scoring the ball on offense, he was, he was setting screens. He was dishing it to people. He was, he was doing the exact opposite of what Paul George has been doing in the Western conference for the Clippers. He's been an all-star player, a top 15 player who no matter what is going to make his impact felt. And when you do combine, he is, he is the perfect guy to have with a team filled with over, over producing quote unquote role players like Miami, because no matter what he is going to, 
still put the team on his back and get those guys involved and get them cooking. I'll tell you what, Drogic deserves a lot of credit. He picked the perfect just, time to to he 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 exploded he's their on offense. Player, he picked honestly, the perfect yeah. time yeah. to just start lighting it up. Yeah. yeah, I mean he because they need that they and they need the consistency because Jimmy isn't isn't. He's not a. He's just not a killer, right? And but well, I love he, that he he's knows a killer, it. but he's not gonna like. But he's not down the stretch. He's gonna get you a bucket. He's gonna get you the line. But he knows that's not. Yes, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like he knows his game isn't to mm-hmm. put up thirty, right? Yes. Like he 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 can try if he needs to, but he rather not. He doesn't. He doesn't and need to on this team either. He just doesn't have. Yeah, he doesn't need exactly to. because Drogic is going off. Like yeah. I just appreciate the fact that Butler is like an like a truly like an everyman. Like yeah. he's just willing to do anything, and. We've seen him on teams where he needs to be putting up thirty, but he's like on this team. I don't need to. I don't need the ball. I yeah. can. I can. You know, be a pawn. I can pass. I can cut. I can get mm-hmm. a bucket if I need to. But I don't need to do it all. Yeah. Just and give you a bit here and there. Theoretically, I mean, if Butler if Butler has a game where he's going off, he's good enough. Where if he if he's going to go off, he's going to go off, and no one's going to stop him. Um, if he has one of those nights, but, but they're they're not every night. They're. I no, wouldn't say and rare, but like the Celtics series, are maybe the Celtics are built in a way where they can stop a player like Butler, mm-hmm. but where the Celtics really struggle is when you have great guard play, yeah. and that's why I thought Toronto was going to beat the Celtics because I thought Toronto's guards were just going to own them on the perimeter. Well, and Toronto's it's, also deep. Yeah, and and I mean Marcus Smart is a great defender and he's their best defender on the team, but he he doesn't have that lateral quickness to go at a guy like Goran Dragic very well, um, yeah. and. And just guard, if you if you listen to like Bill Simmons or something throughout the basketball season, he's always talking about after every Celtics game about how those small guards, those Kemba esque guards, those Drogic guards, always light the Celtics up and give them problems. And yeah, J- Jimmy Jimmy taking a step back is allowing that to happen in this series. So who do you guys think? Do we all think Miami's gonna walk out of here? And how, it would be how so fun the if they going? do. It would be so fun. I. I've I've made all the wrong picks in these playoffs. I I have overreacted to every game. I have I have like wiggled around and and I I, I think I think Miami's gonna take it, take it though. I know I know Boston could come back. I think it could go to six, but I think Miami will pull it out. It's just like I don't want to sit on the fence, but I really any like I would not be surprised if Miami sweeps. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if Miami loses in seven. Yeah. Like. This is one of those where, like, it's all up in the air just because they've been so close, right? Yeah. Like, the Bucks games, they really weren't – like, they were close up until six minutes left in the fourth. Oh, they're whooping their ass. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think at this point, it's not that Miami's that much better, but you lose two games, it's hard to come back from that. I think Miami wins in six. I got Celtics in seven. They're calling it. Ride. Yeah, I just – a ride. I feel like on paper, not – this has not been the case for the playoffs, but they have three of the top four players, in my opinion. In if Hayward comes back, that's going to be a big game changer. That's going and to then you have four series. of the top six. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he – so, you know, I think the Celtics win game three. I just – They bounce I just, back. Yeah, I just think they're – they are – Brad Stevens is a strong enough coach that they're going to get them in the right mindset to be in position to at least win it, and I expect that they will. And then can you squeak out game four and tie it up? Um, I think they do, and then I think I, I'm guessing Hayward would be close to becoming back then, right? So that's middle of next week for Game Five. Well, so 
They can't win without Hayward, though. They play on Saturday, and then ESPN didn't want to have basketball go up against football, Uh so they don't play again until Wednesday. What about Tuesday? (laughs) Uh, Lakers play on Tuesday. So they just gave him like yeah. So so four game, days off. That's a good thing. Then game three right, cool, is on yeah. Saturday. Good thing and for Hayward. Lakers play on Sunday and Tuesday, so they just completely skipped Monday. And game four is on Wednesday. Yeah. Wow. I'm rooting for the Heat though, because like they're just they're, they're so fun. fun. They're so fun. The they're yeah. so fun. Yeah. I don't know how you can not root for the Heat. Like yeah. it's it's beautiful basketball. Crazy. It's classic. Well, it's every one of those guys you want on your team yes right like if, if i went true. down that roster i'd be like i love watching him play i, I love butler. being in the 2k i want I, love, yeah. <laughs> I want Dragic. i want butler oh, <laughs> oh my god i want robinson i want hero yeah connington first but <laughs> <laughs> i'll take all right guys before i'll take crowder <laughs> that's just like nah dude <laughs> before, right. before we before we wrap up let's let's do yeah, some actually quick Rapid fire nuggets versus Lakers Holy takes. First off, who, who do you who do you think is gonna who do you think is gonna win the series? What do you think the series is gonna happen? Is gonna happen the series? I'm happy to go if you want. Nuggets in seven. <laughs> oh, shit. After falling down three one. After going down three one. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, Lakers in five. I think Nuggets uh, take game one. I think they're just like you know they've they've been playing a bunch. I think this is going to be a classic series where LeBron has a chip on his shoulder because he didn't win the MVP. And I think he's going to – no, seriously, why are you making a face? But I think this is going to happen. And I think, I think they're going to win in, in five as well. I'm calling Lakers in five. The Nuggets, the Nuggets story ends here. Okay, it's been great, and I've Nuggets, loved it, but I think it ends here. Even if the Nuggets don't win, they've never not played a game seven. So at the very least, Lakers in seven. At today. the very most, Nuggets today. in seven. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I think Davis is going to um, be a really tough matchup for Jokic on both sides of the ball. And I think and, but Murray's going to be able thing, to run around, but they can't guard LeBron. I guess they, they can't guard LeBron. Them, but, They're just going to have three guys get pile out. Like, that's just yeah. what's going to happen. LeBron's going to have to earn his points on his 75% free throw yeah. shooting. And they're going to pick on Jokic and Murray constantly. Like so, just con- Rondo, Davis, pick and rolls. Like that, this is not even like Count LeBron right now. Like just like here's I don't know. here's my thing. Like Jokic <laughs> is going to do absolutely nothing to stop Davis, but I think even though Davis is a better defender, a way better defender, Jokic is too good that like he's also going to get his, and I think they'll almost neutralize each other, right? And then from there, I think the Lakers have more players to do more things. So it'll be like Murray versus the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I do think I so my my gut reaction is to almost think that Jokic will get a bit shook and shut down is the wrong word, but I almost said shut down because I think AD can control the paint and again Dwight Howard and McGee are going to be able to do some things to Jokic that he hasn't experienced yet in these playoffs. That Howard Howard's Howard he's not former a great, defensive he's, player of the year former like way former. He's, he's been really good this capable. year. Yeah, Juan, he's, he's been very, very good this year, dude. Giving you 15, 20 Watch more Lakers games. Watch more Lakers games. <laughs> yeah, he's good, dude. He's good for, like, one swat to the back of the stands, but, like, that's it. <laughs> nah, he's been playing really good, D. And they've been calling him on some whack-ass fouls. I hope that stops. But but I think, I think honestly, after what we saw from Jokic, I very easily could be undervaluing how he adjusts in those moments, like he said, Juan. 
my, my instinct is to think that that the size of the Lakers, just like what happened against Portland, just like what happened against Houston, the size of the Lakers overwhelmed every team that they faced. Mm. But so, Jokic is different. Jokic isn't a player that the Lakers have seen yet. Um, I have the opposite take true. as Darcy. I think Jokic gets overwhelmed game one. They just throw everything at him, and he's like inefficient and unable to distribute. But I just think he's so smart that come game two, even like by game three, he'll be back to like ten assist Jokic. I'm not saying he's gonna have a bad series. I just, I just think Davis is gonna outplay him. All right then. I guess we'll find out. Today's right. game one. I'm excited. We will find out. Um, we're gonna call it at that. Yeah. I think that's a good time to end it. Sign us off. All right, boys. It's been a pleasure. Fuck. I always. Josh, you're officially back. Sign us off. Oh you're yeah. Officially I'm back. officially back. back. Yeah. I am for real back. I've I'm gonna I'm gonna let's let's plug all of us. Let's plug let's plug our website, bench.com. Check Dude. out our blog posts, our articles. I just wrote an article about the Portland Trailblazers. It's awesome. RIP, I miss y'all. Um Darcy Darcy back. has some great articles up as well. Bond wrote about the Spurs, the love of his life. Yeah, she's back. <laughs> Everybody, check out our website again. That is lastcastoffthebench.com. And also look out for us to come back at you either next week next week or yeah. we'll next week. We'll yeah. we'll do a mid we'll do a mid round check in for go, like the it. conference right. finals. Yeah. Talk about Lamelo Ball's draft prospects. Yeah, the big baller <laughs> brand stock price. The big yeah, baller brand. Well, <laughs> those one hundred <laughs> shares, man. See if they yeah. pan out. See uh, what's going on in 2K21, you know, if Lamelo's going to be in there. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you all for listening. We will tune in next week. Peace out. Peace.